0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we bring in our NFL expert and fantasy guru back. It's Andy Rio to talk Texans, the other wild card matchups, and his thoughts on fantasy keeper leagues. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land, also host of the Houston Sports Talk podcast, along with this one. And I've got my partner alongside me, co-host Brian Patterson, who runs and contributes to It's HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And quick news off the top, oh, man, we found another reason to love DeAndre Hopkins. He tweeted today, quote, When I see Jasmine Barnes' face, I see my own daughter. I'm pledging my playoff check this week to help her family with funeral costs. And to support those trying to bring the man who killed her to justice. Uh more or less that's what he said. And also he said on Saturday, I will be playing in her honor uh, or in your honor, Jasmine. And you know, DeAndre Hopkins uh trying to help out a family been that's been affected by the loss of their daughter, uh apparently murdered, and uh still trying to find the the person or persons that did it. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins doing the type of stuff that we're so used to now from all of the Texans, JJ Watt, uh, Ty Matthew, and, and, you know, Deshaun Watson, the list goes on and on, but uh great story right there. And, and, and that'll be a interesting story to watch uh, on game day. Maybe DeAndre will do something in her honor prior to the game as well, but uh, let's bring in Andy and uh, Brian. We're going to talk, Andy, uh, about some of the other matchups because we we haven't got into them at all this week. But I want to start off just by asking you what you think about this Texans Colts game. You know, we talked to our uh, Colts expert yesterday, Matt Dainley, who uh, hosts uh, the Colts podcast for SB Nation up there, and you know, we we just think this game is you know nearly a pick'em, and and if anything. I mean, as a Texans fan, Brian and I, you know, we, we've, we're we scared to death because it just doesn't seem like a good matchup for the Texans.
1: I think it's definitely a pick'em game, I, and it's one of the – this is going to be the prelude, I think, to many seasons of fun matchups between Deshaun Watson and Andrew Locke. But right now, yeah, I think the Texans fans definitely have cause for concern. The Colts, of course, beat the Texans in Houston earlier this year and in many ways outplayed them – in the uh, September matchup in Indianapolis before, of course, Frank Reich made the infamous decision to go for it on fourth down in overtime, which led to a Texans win. Uh, They have had a hard time containing Andrew Luck. They've had an even harder time containing T.Y. Hilton. I think what will be the key for the Texans to win this game, and it's going to sound very simplistic, but they need to force Luck into some careless mistakes. He is a great quarterback, But occasionally he does make the careless mistake. We saw that Sunday night in Tennessee when he threw a puzzling pick six. So that, I think, is really the key because otherwise these teams know each other very well. There's not a lot of secrets between the two teams. There's not a whole lot of new wrinkles that are going to come up. Uh, If they can win the turnover battle, I think the Texans can take the game.
0: Brian, you and I haven't talked since uh, the news came out that uh, Kiki QT – Looks like he's going to be a go. He's practicing. He's in full participation mode. You know, I, I asked uh, Matt Dainley about that. He he sounds concerned. He remembers that uh, that game that they played that the Texans played against the Colts earlier this year. He caught 11 passes for 109 yards in Week Four. Uh, Deshaun's badly needed an outlet receiver when he doesn't have time for a big play, and you know, Nuke might get a little bit more space to work with. I mean. You know, QT, it's going to be fun to finally get to see him. Have you thought much about that? And and how do you think that's going to affect uh, the Texans and what they're doing on, on Saturday? Maybe, you know, that gives them another dimension.
2: The amount of time that he's missed, you wonder how sharp he is with his skills. Yes, he's practiced, uh, you know, through the week, but you you wonder if he is going to be uh, going to get that type of impact that you expect out of him, the when the reason why you drafted him uh, in the fourth round uh, this season. the is hamstring injuries are no joke. Um, it's good to know that he is returning to Hill, but until he is active, deemed as active on the roster this Saturday, I make all bets are off because things can change. You know how a lot of times he was questionable and then he turned out to be out. um, Although he's fully participating, um, I'm just very concerned that we're not going to see the Kiki Cutie that we were wanting to see this Saturday. And it will be up to DeAndre Carter and Vincent Smith to fill that void.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, well, it's a UFO sighting, you know, you'll (laughs) believe it when you see it, Brian, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and QT, you, you mentioned... I want to be shocked. You, you mentioned with him just like, well, you know, what are we going to see from him? Because, you know, Deontay Foreman struggled after not playing. and He hadn't played all season, at least, you know, QT's played in the last few months. So, yeah, that that's going to be a real test. Uh, let's start going through the matchups a little bit because uh, there's some fantastic games this week. I mean, always good stuff on Wild Card Weekend, but... Uh, These are teams that a lot of them seem like they could make a run and go to the Super Bowl when you start looking through them, Andy. And, you know, I'll just start off with uh, Seahawks and Cowboys because we know how much the Texans fans uh, like to see the Cowboys beat. Do you you think they're going to get beat this week?
1: I think there's a possibility of it. I would give them the slight edge at home uh, as they have played better at home. Again, simplistic there. Seattle's, of course, played better at home. But when uh, the Seahawks beat uh, Dallas earlier this year, they had not made the trade for Amari Cooper yet. So the Cowboys have that X factor going for them. They have Ezekiel Elliott getting a week of rest and coming back. And I would give this Cowboys a slight edge at home, but by no means do I think that they are absolutely positively going to win that game. Seattle can certainly steal it. Uh, They have a lot of experience with Russell Wilson, at quarterback, not as many members of the Legion of Boom anymore, but they still have Bobby Wagner around and Doug Baldwin and Pete Carroll, who, of course, is a great coach. So, yeah, that's another game that's, you know, a a toss up. But I guess I'll say Cowboys 55-45, not with the score, but the odds to win the game.
0: Brian?
2: I really do think that the Cowboys would be able to win uh, this game. It's going to be a heck of a battle. Russell Wilson, uh, he's just not getting enough respect with the way he's been able to carry this team. His team was supposed to be in a rebuilding year, and look at where they are now, you know, knocking on the door inside uh, the playoffs, being able to take on the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have a lot of talent, and with the addition of Amari Cooper, I, I really do think that. They have a deep threat that they're going to be able to take advantage of the Seahawks. I just don't think that the Seahawks have enough firepower uh, to take over the Cowboys. But I do think that this is going to be the entertaining game of the evening. And that's why they're on primetime and the Texans are not.
0: Ooh, a little shot there at the at the home team. Uh, just a reminder, yeah. by the way, to everybody, uh, before we get into some of these uh, other matchups, if you want to see all of the shows that we have On the Locked On Podcast Network, check out our new website, lockedonpodcast.com. You can click around to see all of our NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college, Uh, we got some college shows, of course, and national fantasy and draft shows. Again, it's lockedonpodcast.com. All right, Andy, let's get into some more of these matchups, and uh, let's go back a little bit to the AFC and the other big matchup, of course, Chargers and Ravens and I don't know about you Andy it looks like either one of these teams c- could make a Super Bowl run the Ravens are kind of like that team that is is uh, in the NBA right now that says hey you know what we're gonna have two centers we're gonna play with the Twin Towers uh, that, that's what they're doing with the running game
1: <laughs> and it has been very fun to watch down the stretch uh, with Lamar Jackson leading the way Uh, This is a very interesting matchup, of course, given Baltimore's style, but also the fact that they defeated the Chargers in Los Angeles not long ago. You have to kind of question at this point, as great as Jackson has been, I mean, at some point he is still a rookie quarterback, and Phillip Rivers is the veteran quarterback. And the Chargers, sometimes it's better to actually lose the earlier game in a rematch because then you can make the proper adjustments. So... Again, I think this is another toss up game overall, given that Baltimore can play keep away and Baltimore has the good defense and everything like that. But it would not surprise me if the Chargers went in and won the game simply just because of that experience edge at quarterback. And, and let's just not, not overlook the fact that Los Angeles is a good team, period.
2: I do think the Chargers will prevail uh, out of this game. You know, you cannot uh, count out Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Is just needing that win in his career, and he's been oh so close throughout the time. He's got all the pieces, you know. Uh, you know, Anthony Lynn. I would honestly put him as a candidate for uh, Coach of the Year with what he's been able to do uh, with with that team. Uh, but it, it, certainly, with what Lamar Jackson brings, uh, the two headed monster, as you guys have alluded to, uh, is going to be, of course, a, a difficult challenge for the Chargers. But they just have so many weapons, and they are they're really good this year. I really do see that the Chargers are going to move on uh, to the divisional round uh, in the AFC. They are a dangerous team, and who knows if the Texans will get that opportunity to face them later down the line.
0: Yeah, I assume by you saying that uh, Philip Rivers needs a win, you mean – he needs a win that gets him to a super bowl because you know he's had some playoff wins there there's been some of that stuff so but it's
2: been a while since he's had a win
0: yeah well yeah that's that's true you know the chargers um you know that's partly some other issues that they've had over the years but uh we're going to see if that special teams that's always uh rearing its ugly head for the chargers uh has a say in that that game that's that's kind of my wild card thing to look for in the chargers ravens because you know the Ravens have one of the great kickers of all time the Chargers you know they're always uh, coming up with something weird with the kicking game but uh, let's go to the other wild card game the one in the NFC and that is Eagles and Bears Andy and you know what uh, both of these teams are super dangerous i mean the Bears with that defense but you know i i it's hard for me to it's hard for me to imagine a Mitch Trubisky making a run but Nick Foles we know He can do that, and boy, the Eagles might be putting it together at the right time. I mean, the Texans got a big taste of that.
1: Well, it's not so much Mitchell Trubisky, but more or less the Bears' defense potentially carrying Mitchell Trubisky. I personally think the Bears erred in beating Minnesota. I would much rather be facing Minnesota than Philadelphia right now. I think the Bears should be commended, of course, for playing hard the last week of the season, and... I'm not one who recommends teams tanking games or anything like that but they would have had a built-in excuse. They were had the opportunity to catch the Rams and the Rams are way out in front of San Francisco. So, I think this is a matchup that could come back to bite Chicago, of course. But on the other hand, as magical as Nick Foles can be in the playoffs, this is a pretty darn good defense he's facing and on the road too. Foles is one Last year, the games that he won were at home and, of course, the neutral side Super Bowl. So I I think at the moment, if I had to pick this game, I would give a slight edge to Chicago because of that defense. But again, it would not surprise me if Philadelphia wins. I think this is a pretty unique wild card weekend. There have been some years, I think back a couple of years ago, like Detroit was going up to Seattle. It was like, oh, there's pretty much no way Detroit's going to win this game. This is a weekend where any team can win in any game.
0: Who's more likely to make the Super Bowl run between those two teams, do you think?
1: I would still say Chicago.
0: Just because that defense is just so dominant right now, huh?
1: Well, the defense, and I mean, obviously you're starting with one home game at least. And then if you go out to Los Angeles, which they would, I mean, they have beaten the Rams, of course, during the regular season. So not far-fetched that they could do it again. Uh, It's an awfully tough pass for a six seed to make it to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't put it past Philadelphia for doing it, but if they beat uh, you know, the Bears, they've got to go down to New Orleans. And of course, they certainly can do better than they did last time, but they were destroyed by the Saints earlier this year.
0: Who do you like for the Super Bowl, guys? I mean, we're, we, we uh, have an idea of where things are going. We got the matchups. Everything's on the table right now. I mean, the, the two teams that you're thinking from each uh, conference that are going to be in the Super Bowl?
2: What I like is uh, I think the team that's going to emerge at the AFC, and I love my home team, but I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to get this pulled out, and they're going to be uh, at the top uh, whenever the dust settles. The Patriots will fall. They will topple. It depends on how that's going to happen, but they're not getting there this year, and I certainly hope that they don't. So you've you've got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs coming out of the AFC I do see the Rams, the Rams themselves making themselves a nice run and being able to stand at the top of the desk. The Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl this year, too.
1: I tend to think in the NFC, I will go with the number one seed. I I think it's going to be very tough for anybody to go down to New Orleans and beat the Saints. Uh, As far as the AFC, on paper, yes, the Chiefs should be the favorite. But this is a team that is notorious for flopping in the postseason And until we see something different from them, I kind of got to go against you, Brian. I think in many ways the Patriots might actually be the sneaky favorite in the AFC. Uh, People have discounted them, and then what did they do? They destroyed their last two opponents. Uh, If they were to get the Texans, well, I mean, I'd like to see the Texans win, but – the Texans have a terrible history up in New England. And then if you go into Kansas City for, for the championship game, or if the Chiefs have fallen, then New England would host the championship game. But just, again, until proven otherwise, if it were the Patriots and the Chiefs in the AFC, I'm always going to bet on Bill Belichick over Andy Reid.
0: Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something I've heard from Andy a lot over the years. He's not a big fan of Andy Reid, so I was expecting that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, just a reminder, if you love our show, spread the word, preach the Locked On Texans gospel. Get on the mountaintop, tell your friends. If you got that new smart speaker for the holidays, tell it to just say, play the Locked On Texans podcast, and boom, it's there. You got it while you're making dinner in the kitchen or running around the house, whatever you're doing. Uh, with the smart speaker, uh, you can pull up the Locked On Texans podcast. You can also email LockedOnTexans at com for questions or comments. Remember, we want you to be a part of the conversation. All right, Andy, before we get to your thoughts on fantasy keeper strategies, was there any of the coaching changes or the coaching moves uh, in, in the last few days that, number one, surprised you? Or is there anything that you're looking at or you're, You're finding interesting as this uh, this whole uh, black week of Black Monday has uh, sort of started off.
1: Well, one thing I think that is interesting just by default is most years, of course, Cleveland would not be a desirable opening. And I see a lot of people saying that Cleveland this year is the most desirable opening. Uh, I think, obviously, um, maybe the surprise of the group, if there was a surprise, and I don't think it was that surprising, was Adam Gase in Miami. As many people who have regularly listened to this podcast throughout the season, I am not a fan of the man. But in some cases, most would think the Dolphins maybe overachieved a little bit under him. I I think at the end of the season, though, they really tanked, and that's what uh, uh, precipitated the change. Uh, I think probably another mild surprise, but then I guess if you think about it, it's not that big of a mild surprise. Jay Gruden still being employed in Washington. That's just a lost organization right now. Might as well keep him on. I mean, you're not going to get anybody really good there at this point.
0: Yeah, and his brother John Gruden doing a great job with the Raiders, right?
1: (laughs) Well, let's see if John can draft well. I mean, obviously this was a bad season for him, but they do have a lot of draft capital. And, and if he can draft well, and, and I think they've also got some cap space and then they're going to be a draw, you know, going to Vegas, they will be more of a draw in many ways. So the, the Raiders can still have a possibility of coming back, but they absolutely have to nail these upcoming drafts. Didn't
2: they, didn't they just hire Mike Mayock as their GM? If they did, yes. Yep. That's going to help plenty. So, you know, John may not even have to be all that great at drafting. You got Mike running the show. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, because he's the best at evaluating talent. That's probably why they went on and and, and pulled the trigger on him. Wow, that's yeah. That's I think that's
1: a very intriguing hire. I'll miss him on NFL Network. He Me does too.
0: Great- <laughs> w- wasn't he a Manziel fan, Andy? Am I remembering that right? Oh yeah, yeah. I just just uh, something to think about there. <laughs>
1: well, other people were too. I mean, you know, but but we'll. What was, of course, missed there is just what a train wreck he is.
0: Fantasy keeper strategies, Andy. What do people no- need to know as they look at uh, their fantasy leagues, the ones that uh, get to, to keep their players?
1: Every keeper league is different. I mean, there are some keeper leagues where you can keep just maybe one, two, or three guys, and then there are some leagues where you can keep your entire roster. So I tried to come up with some ideas that would just benefit everybody, uh, regardless of their situation. The first one is to just generally go younger over older. Yes, Adrian Peterson had a great season this year overall for Washington when the game flow allowed him to. There were a lot of games that the Redskins just couldn't get him going because of uh, circumstances. But if you have a choice between keeping Adrian Peterson and a comparable younger player, definitely keep the younger player because you're going to get a lot more years out of them. It's certainly possible that maybe you're in a situation where you're trying to win now and maybe a Peterson is useful, but generally speaking, uh, stick with younger players over older players. Um, This is also, I think, critical, especially as we have a lot of teams that are changing coaches is to know your players team situation. I mean, for example, In week 16, which was championship week, it was great that Jamal Williams was awesome for the Packers. But, um, you know, he's not long-term help with Aaron Jones coming back. So it's very important to know where your players are positioned within their respective rosters. Uh, This is going to be an interesting strategy. And again, it comes down to your personnel and the league and everything like that. But you don't automatically have to keep a quarterback. Now, of course, if you have Patrick Mahomes, uh, you're going to want to keep him. But otherwise, quarterbacks are considerably more interchangeable in fantasy football, especially in the one quarterback leagues. Uh, for example, uh, I'm in a league where I can keep three players and I go back to 2015 and I've had Julio Jones ever since I drafted him. And that year I had Matt Ryan still. I'd had him for a few years. And that was the one fluky year for Blake Bortles, where he threw 35 touchdown passes. So I didn't keep Blake Bortles, but of course I kept Julio. I also had David Johnson. And then I also had Lamar Miller. That was the year, of course, where he signed with the Texans. So I didn't keep Matt Ryan, even though I had the combo with Julio. But uh, that particular league, you only play one quarterback. You play two wide receivers, two running backs, and then a flex wide receiver uh, and running back. So it made sense to keep the three players I kept. Uh, It eventually evolved into a situation where I kept Julio, David Johnson, and then I was fortunate enough to get Devontae Adams in that league. So uh, getting rid of Ryan Hurt in many ways, because in 2016 and 2018, he had banner seasons, but by the same token, I've also since then had guys like Breeze and Luck, and Rivers, at quarterback, so it was hardly like the position was destitute by any means. And, you know, I always like to give yourself, myself options in terms of keepers as well. Stay on the lookout for dropped players and guys that can be had via trade or draft picks. For example, somebody this year cut A.J. Green, so I went ahead and picked him up. I don't know if I'll keep him, but certainly having the option to keep A.J. Green is quite nice. And, you know, I go back, another another uh, rule to ponder is to know your league's rules more than anything else. I've been talking about not keeping quarterbacks, but I, I happen to know somebody who's, like, in a two-quarterback league where you have to play two, and, you know, he kept Matt Ryan. So that makes perfect sense in that instance because Matt Ryan is a good starting quarterback in one quarterback leagues. He's even more of an asset in two quarterback leagues where the position is spread really thin. So those are just some general, I think, keeper ideas that'll work for everybody, regardless of the structure of their keeper league.
0: If anybody has any questions out there, uh, any of our listeners uh, for Andy, remember it's at Andy Rio on Twitter. Just hit him up there. It's Andy, and it's R-I-O-U-X, Rio. Of course, uh, just look at the show description if you forget how to spell that. Um, also, uh, last thing, just uh, we've got the uh, NFL has named their finalists for the Hall of Fame. And going through the list here, we got Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey, uh, two former Texans on the list, Tony Baselli, eh, sort of a former Texan, and Isaac, yeah. <laughs> Isaac Bruce, uh, Don Coriel, Alan Fanica, Tom Flores, Tony Gonzalez, Steve Hutchinson, Edgeron James, Ty Law, John Lynch, Kevin Mawai. Uh, we, we remember him from the Titans. The other former Texan, Ed Reed. Uh, yeah, you guys are trying to forget that one. Richard Seymour, the last guy on the list. And uh, Andy, I mean, any of these guys to you? Who, well, first of all, who's locks? Who, who are these guys do you think could be uh, locks this year we're going to see in the adduction ceremony in the summer?
1: No doubt Tony Gonzalez and Ed Reed are going to be locks. I think, I mean, they're two of the all time greats at their respective position. In fact, a case could be made that Gonzalez is the all time greatest tight end. You could also make a case uh, for Ed Reed, uh, probably no worse than top three at at safety as well. So I I think those guys are pretty much sure things. I I think champ Bailey has a really strong uh, case this year. Uh, I certainly, uh, think that the senior committee uh, and contributors group, I think that uh, Pat Bolin has a very good chance to get in, as well as Gil Brandt. I mean, they both made a, a lot of contributions to the legacy of the NFL. I mean, Bolin, uh, you know, has the Broncos are down right now, but they've had a lot of success. Uh, three Super Bowl victories since he took over the Broncos. Uh Gil Brandt, of course, uh still active today in terms of scouting. And uh you see him out there on Twitter and uh NFL and everything like that, NFL.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course he was instrumental in building uh America's team, uh the Cowboys and everything like that. So I think both of those guys, I think, have a definite uh uh case for sure in terms of that. Um I also, I mean, I've I've hoped for years Don Coryell would get, and I hope that's the case. And, and was also happy to see Tom Flores uh, make the group as well. I mean, he has a couple of Super Bowl victories to his name and uh, kind of an underrated coach in history.
0: Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate uh, that Flores hasn't gotten in yet. Uh, he was a guy I, I thought for sure would have been in long ago. Uh, Tony Buscelli, former Texan, but not really because he didn't play a down uh, part of the original draft of the Houston Texans, and they drafted him knowing that he might not ever play again. Only played really from 95 to 2001, and he. it, it, it feels like he's kind of the Terrell Davis of offensive linemen, is that good enough to get him in one day?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, Terrell Davis obviously got in with a small uh, overall career in terms of years. But again, I mean, that's TD was definitely uh, quality over quantity, and I think that's the same thing with Basselli.
0: Brian, what what's your feeling? You're Mr. Optimist. You, you feel a, a Texans win coming on? This is the last time we're going to talk before the game. This is your last chance. I, I do see a level of optimism. It's
2: just, you know, we they have been really good about not committing turnovers, not making mistakes. So Sean Watson is going to be at his finest because although it's not a prime time stage, it's a national stage. And uh, regardless of, you know, how this team does, you know, against the uh, Colts this Saturday, you're going to see a, a terrific performance out of him. But it's all about figuring out how to stop uh, T.Y. Hilton, and I'm pretty sure that is at number one priority game plan to make sure that he uh, stops. But what they have to worry about, too, is who else is going to emerge outside of TY? Is it going to be Eric Ebron, some, some mystery player that we're not we, – we may be focusing so much on TY that that may take the burden off of another player and he may emerge? So that's what I'm worried about. They need to ensure that the game plan is diverse enough to make sure that we have an attack – that is able to stymie these Colts and the Texas move on to the next round.
0: Get some rest, Jonathan Joseph, the next couple of days, brother. We need you. You got to get a big game out of you. And uh, Justin Reed and Ty Matthew, don't get caught uh, with your head in the uh, backfield too many times. Look out for T.Y. over there on that side. But uh, hey, guys, uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, just a reminder, LockedOnTexans.com is the place to go. Uh, for all your Texans info. Our writers doing nice job over there, contributors as and, and also uh, Brian's got his pod his uh website houseofhouston.com a fan affiliate my Houston Sports Talk podcast if you want to listen to me and Greg Lucas uh, go through our top ten sports movies of all time that was a fun one that's all we got for this one. Uh, we'll talk to you after a Texans win. Maybe maybe so uh, let's hope so As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.